Hey everyone, welcome back to Practical Non-Toxic Living by Ruan. This week's episode is an excerpt from our Use the News live segment that we uh, publish for our Detox Academy members every week. Um, so this is a, a little excerpt from a segment we did a couple weeks ago about melatonin supplements, circadian rhythm, cortisol, coffee, really just kind of a little bit of everything and a really fun informational conversation between Sophia and I. Um, so I hope you enjoy. As always, if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, to get, you know, detox tips weekly in your inbox by texting detox to 66866 and I'll get you all signed up. Right now through the end of May, we have 50% off your first month membership at the Detox Academy. Um, so use code SPRINGCLEANING at checkout and I'll put all this in the show notes as well. So our Detox Academy is our one-stop membership for everything you need to start living your best non-toxic life. We've got over 300 courses and videos, checklists, symptom checklists, product guides, shopping guides, uh, weekly lives, monthly workshops, a private Q&A forum. It's really just everything you could need to know to start living a more practical, non-toxic life. So we can't wait to connect with you. As always, with any questions, you can email us at hello at ruanliving.com or find us on Instagram at ruan living, R-U-A-N, or practical non-toxic living. All right, let's get to the episode and uh, enjoy. Hi, I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the critically acclaimed best-selling book, A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, and founder of Ruan Living, the only wellness lifestyle brand that simplifies practical non-toxic living. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi. How's everyone? How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know you, uh, Elizabeth mentioned yesterday that she's very excited to talk about her <laughs> news selection for today. <laughs> yes. And also we just have to call out it's Sophia's birthday today. So happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the big five Oh, new chapter, new chapter. Um, trying to reframe how I view it. Still working on that. Would love any advice that anyone has. <laughs> thank you. Whole new chapter, new decade. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump in, you know. Okay. Yeah. So my news article for today. I'm just gonna read the headline okay. and then we'll go from there. So the headline of this article is supplements can contain far more melatonin than is safe upping odds for illness. So it's a review. The article kind of summarizes and then interviews some like pediatricians and different doctors. Um, so are these supplements that are for magnesium or just like multivitamins? So it's specifically melatonin supplements and okay. they also tested CBD, but the data on that like isn't as exciting or interesting to me. So I'm just going to focus on the melatonin part of it. <laughs> um, but the idea is so over the past year, just in one year, U.S. officials report a 500% spike in poison control calls um, from kids eating so many melatonin gummies in the past year. Wow. Yeah. So that statistic was released, which prompted some Harvard researchers to do research in what is the actual concentration in some of these supplements that are available over the counter like so readily. Um, and they found that 
any, they contained anywhere from 74% to 347%, mostly on the higher end towards like 300% more melatonin than it says it contains on the label. So 74 to 300% more. More. Yeah. Like what is three, reported on the label. Three times as much melatonin in these little gummies than what's reported on the label. Do you happen to know if labels have to be within a certain range of accuracy? So I like dug a little deep and I guess this is, it's part of the FDA like approval process that it's called ingredient overage. And so like these gummies, you know, the expiration date is like, it could be five years from now. Um, and so in order to get approved as a supplement you, and like to sell it as a supplement on day, you know, year four, day 364, like right before that expiration date, it has to still have as much melatonin or whatever concentration as it says on the label. But, you know, if something's going to be sitting on a shelf for four years, it, um, the ingredients inside are going to gradually break down. Okay. So it's actually like a very common process called ingredient overage where they load it up on the front end so that, you know, end of year four, year five, they still have that three milligrams of melatonin, whatever oh, it says. Yeah. But I mean, who's taking five-year-old gummies, you know? <laughs> interesting. I know. So what are some symptoms of an overdose of something like melatonin? So thankfully, for the most part, vast majority, all the kids were totally fine. Like these poison control calls, just like the parents were having trouble waking them in the morning mm -hmm. and they were like super drowsy. So you can understand why That's that would scary. be. Yeah, super scary. Absolutely. Um, and the um, council that represents a lot of these supplement brands kind of, um, they released a statement saying that like, in terms of the poison control calls, like that staggering 500% increase statistic, that doesn't account for like babies who got into their mom's melatonin gummies and like ate a whole jar. Um, so they were saying that the headline was like trying to be intentionally misleading um, regarding like pediatric doses versus adult doses. Um, but the moral of the, the story is the research that across the board, all of these over-the-counter melatonin supplements contain like on average about 300% more than what is advertised. So, and should we be worried about that or is that relatively harmless? So that, um, that's like such a good question. That's what I was thinking too. I personally have never taken melatonin because I'm like a wild sleeper to begin with. <laughs> so lucky. <laughs> well, it's not even like the quality of sleep. It's just like, I used to sleepwalk a lot. I still sleep talk a lot. Like my dreams are always like crazy, <laughs> like so vivid. And I just, I've heard it can like, you know, make your dreams more, more wild. And I was like, I do not need to invite any of that into my life. <laughs> Can't afford for your dreams to get more wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I really don't need that. Um, but so melatonin isn't a supplement. Well, it can be used as a supplement, but like melatonin itself is a hormone that your brain produces and it's stimulated by darkness. So um, there's a Dr. Peter Cohen, who's an associate professor at Harvard. He, um, they were asking him to comment on these statistics. And he says in the quote, I was really surprised at results. There was always a narrative that melatonin is completely safe. And so while it is, you know, relatively harmless if you were to just be a little bit drowsy in the morning it's still 
really important to realize that this is, you know, it's not like you're vitamin B deficient. So you're just filling up with more vitamin B vitamins on the side. Um, it's a hormone that your brain is naturally producing. And so before you go straight to over the counter medicine, maybe there's a way that you can stimulate more melatonin production naturally on your own. And I looked up a couple of ways. Um, we can do that too. Great. Great. I, before we hear yeah. the tips and even how this article maybe changed you, if at all, I did look into melatonin many years ago because so many friends were highly recommending yeah. it to help with sleep. And I have a lot of trouble sleeping. I don't, it was so long ago. I don't remember the details, but I was concerned enough and it maybe was taxing on the liver, but it was, it was taxing on some organ. And I just thought I'm, I wasn't comfortable. So I don't take melatonin, but this is so great to bring awareness to, because I have many friends who take melatonin and there's so many pediatric gummies, as you said, with melatonin. I think I bought some because I was so desperate for our youngest to yeah. see. And another mom said, these gummies are the best. My daughter just, <laughs> just conked out. And now I know that it could be a very high dose. Yeah. So that's fine. I know. It's so, I, I just think it's so interesting to me. My mom and my sister both tried melatonin gummies and they, they said their dreams got wild, which is why I was like, all right, that's not for me. Um, and they actually switched to taking magnesium supplements. And um, I've been taking like... It's like a like a little chocolate that has adaptogenic mushrooms that help relax your nervous system, like and a little bit of magnesium in there, so it's like a little bit soothing at night. And is that soothing? Because doesn't chocolate have caffeine? Yeah, sugar. I would think that would stimulate. It's like very bitter dark chocolate. Like okay. it's not. It's okay. it's like a vessel for the nutrients. Okay. Okay. <laughs> More than anything, it's definitely not sweet. Um, but I really like that. I literally within an hour, I'm like struggling to stay awake. I feel like. If there's a, a night that I'm super keyed up. Yeah. Magnesium just wonders for me too. Yeah. That's what they, they love it. I was like, okay, I guess I should try and it it's out. It's good for so many reasons for more than just sleep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got so much in there. Okay. So what are your tips? Okay. So I thought this was so fascinating. Obviously it's the chemical of dark or, you know, the neurochemical of darkness. So what would inhibit that production in your body? Light as in blue light, which we're exposed to all the time especially with our technology, um, oh, even overhead lights, which I thought was really interesting. Like even if it's not the blue light, that can be super disrupting to your brain. And if you think about it, like even though we're living in these modern times, we still have like pretty caveman bodies and caveman systems installed in our brains. And so, you know, they used to be like when the sun was down, okay, now it's time to go to bed because what are you going to do after the sun, <laughs> sun goes down? Um, but the, if you actually watch the sunset, like just take 10, 15 minutes and like physically watch the sunset for a little bit, it actually stimulates like a massive melatonin production wow, in your brain. Isn't that so interesting? Beautiful. I know, right? I love that. I thought that was like gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my, so my biggest one. And then another pediatrician. I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard in the city to watch the sunset. Yeah. Do you know if watching like a video on YouTube of the sunset would Ooh. have probably not as powerful an effect or would it help? I don't know. I like, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I didn't see that because in any of the research. I know in 
this book, Healing Spaces yeah. by Dr. Esther Sternberg, which episode 18 is about for the Practical Non-Toxic Living podcast. Her She wrote about studies that showed that all these health benefits from views of nature, but even pictures of yeah. nature are helpful. So I'm wondering... I want to like, I mean, I have absolutely no evidence to back this up, but I want to say yes. If there's studies (laughs) on the sunset, you can email the scientists and just ask maybe. Yes. They probably don't get many emails (laughs) uh, like this, but I'd be so curious. That's a great idea. I guess the only thing I would say is like, if you're wearing blue light blockers, you know, don't counteract it with just like staring straight at the screen. Yeah. Um. But that's really interesting. Okay, I'm going to follow up on that and I'll, I'll report back own, to everyone. Everyone could run their own <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me know. YouTube videos of the sunset for 10 minutes every night. <laughs> You're sleeping better. That's actually a nice thing to include in our airplane mode challenge. Yeah. We have a five-day digital detox challenge focused on turning airplane mode on your cell phone at night. And I think to include sunsets would be really nice. It's kind of nice because I know in the emails, like there's a lot of like sunrise, sunset, like imagery anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Next update. I would say coming soon to your digital detox challenge. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing, which like I I was actually going to ask you like other tips for healing spaces, because I know you have so much experience in making the bedroom a healing space too, and really creating like a strict technology free zone, like really just nice warming light. Um, there's a lot of really interesting studies that show that if you leave the bed, like just for sleep or like relaxing activities, it like you're cognitively training your brain to go to sleep when it's time to get in bed versus I know like me in college, I'd be like in bed on my laptop, like doing online work, you know, just like messing around. And then I'm like shocked when the bed no longer becomes like a sacred space for me to go to sleep night you know it's just like any other piece of furniture in the room that my brain doesn't recognize as like a safe spot to rest um so yeah yeah I I struggle I'm constantly trying to take my own advice and (laughs) we've made so much progress so we finally many years ago took the tv out of the room yeah and that was huge and we try and be really good about no laptops and work in the bedroom and then more challenging if you have kids because they yeah. just want to climb in your bed and hang out and you want them. <laughs> I mean, it's lovely. But it's so true that the more you can declutter and dedicate your sleep area to be a space for just relaxing mm. and sleeping, the more easy it is to relax and fall asleep. Yeah, I love that. But we did find salt lamps to be mm. super soothing. I set them up throughout the home and was using them for a while until an EMF professional who was (laughs) over said, I hate salt lamps. They emit such a high EMF. So then I stopped using it because I wasn't really sure if that the benefits outweighed the, the risks. But when I was using them and children would come over for play dates, children who aren't familiar with anything I do would stop and look at the salt lamps and say, wow, that's so relaxing. Oh, So they even noticed how soothing it yeah. was. And it really is. It's really nice to have in the evenings. Yeah. So I think, 
I'm feeling like the benefits of it outweigh the higher EMFs. Yeah. And as long as you don't have them plugged into uh, areas close to your bedroom where you can even cut off the electricity with certain yeah. gadgets that are at our Amazon store, then you can enjoy the benefits and reduce your risks of them when you, especially when you sleep. But that's been, that was really helpful to start to unwind at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. To just know, okay, we want to decrease artificial lights, yeah. like the overhead lights. And the salt lamps were really, created a really nice ambiance. I love that. And it's like you're saying, decreasing the like bright artificial light and focusing on that, like it's that really nice warm glow kind of which yeah. like I don't know any I'm sure there's research to support it not off the top of my brain I can't quote it but like if you think about our little caveman brains that are caveman processes like a nice little warm glow fire at night like that does make sense and it can still be relaxing and not you know disruptive to those hormonal cascades in our bodies yeah, yeah. I love that and I have blue light blue light filtering glasses mm -hmm. throughout the home most people don't use them <laughs> <laughs> They'll use them when they remember, everyone forgets. I don't really use them during the day, but in the evening, mm -hmm. I will I will try and use them. I prioritize the evening as times to use them. So that's supposed to help. Yeah. And I think it does. I think so too. I feel like I notice a, a difference when I don't use them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the research says like two hours before you want to go to sleep, you want to try to use them if you're like still going to be on technology. Yeah. And they're soft on our phones and laptops yes. that help filter the blue light. And the last thing I'll add, which my women's health doctor said to me a few months ago, she said, it's so important that first thing in the morning, you go outside for even just five minutes or once around the block, because the natural light helps your brain set your day and your circadian rhythm. Yes. So you're more likely to be able to unwind about 12 hours later. I like could actually do like a three hour like presentation on how much I love circadian rhythm and like <laughs> all the ways to reset I it. I love to hear everything you have to say. I need help. <laughs> I mean, my I'm like trying to be better, but like that natural light, like they say if it's like within the first 30 minutes of you being awake, if you even take five minutes, like, like you were just saying to go outside, like it literally tells your brain like, okay, it's daytime. Like I get to be alert. It actually like helps your cortisol levels, which I feel like science only talks about in like a, a bad way because it is like the stress hormone, but it also is the hormone that's responsible for waking you up in the morning and like giving you that energy. And they actually say that if you wait until after like 9am or so to have any coffee or like caffeine, any sort of stimulant in that way, it actually, um, that also can help your circadian rhythm because you're like allowing your body to wake up, produce its own cortisol, like kind of get alert on its own. And then if you're like, mm, man, I want a coffee, then you can kind of add that in. But if you're like straight to coffee in the morning, then your body's like, okay, well then I guess I don't need to produce my own cortisol, you know? like that, I've never heard that before. Isn't that so interesting? I'm going to try that. I feel like I, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was like pounding espressos with my roommates. Like we got one of those little Nespresso machines and it tasted so good. We got like really out of hands. Like <laughs> It was truly out of control. So we had like a mini intervention with ourselves and we were like, okay, okay we need to, to 
quit caffeine and then build back up if that's what we <laughs> if we're what we're gonna do. And um, anyway, so we all got like really interested in learning more about it and how it like affects our our natural cycles and everything. So yeah, I I really did go without coffee, and I I was like <gasps> I did the whole withdrawal. I was like not okay. I was having migraines. I was like, okay, like I feel like I'm literally detoxing my body from this drug. And I did it for like six months. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't like, I would rather be alive with coffee in my life and a little jittery every now and then than without this little morning routine. Was it, it was hard even six months later. Um, no, then I started feeling really good, but it was really hard. Like the first six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, this is great. I just like missed the morning ritual. What about yeah. you? Yeah. I net out with one coffee in the morning being very worthwhile. Yeah. And I'm not perfect about it. I know that organic is best and even being, you know, researching the organic coffee beans and using filtered water, making it at home. I don't do that. Me neither. <laughs> I wish I could, but uh, it's sort of like, yeah, it's always, uh, it always feels like an every morning and it's nice totally and I mean that's practical non-toxic living you know it's like if you're I I just spouted all these ways you, you should research it and I also still get it from the little store around the street because I love that man and we know each other and <laughs> I know the exchange with the person you're buying coffee with is oh so yeah nice. they know my order this morning she was like wow I, I almost didn't recognize you I was like oh <laughs> Usually I run in at like like 7 a.m. in my like actual pajamas because it's like around the corner from me. And this morning the girl was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't have your usual order. I, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> I was like, oh. That makes me feel better about we had an AV guy over this morning to fix various <laughs> things. And I felt really bad. I was in my pajamas, but I don't go, I don't leave my apartment. Yeah. Like, I was going to say my like big sweatshirt, my sweatpants. I'm like, my hair, greasy hair in a bun. She's like, oh my gosh, you look so different. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing this article to our attention because so many people use melatonin. Yes. It's so great to know that we should be weary or mindful of dosage. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if you realize the expiration date is really far away. If maybe you want to take like half, start with half a dose. Yeah. And see, and knowing that as you get closer, I didn't know that the dosage would decrease over time. That's actually really helpful. I know, and I guess it like it makes sense once I start to think about it. Yeah. But those are those things like you never you never realize until you know. Um, so yeah, so I mean, melatonin isn't like you know prescribed, so this isn't like it's all over the counter. But this isn't medical advice. It's just something to be mindful of when you're considering bedtime routines that like maybe that isn't your first line go-to just because it is available over the counter at like every drugstore grocery store in the country doesn't mean that you have to use it in order to have a good night's sleep there's a lot of other things in terms of sleep hygiene you can do as maybe like a first line before you go there yeah, yeah. great yeah I'm so happy we could offer these range of tips people can experiment <laughs> with to to maybe improve their sleep quality. Yeah. I will incorporate them too. Yeah, me too. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks um, for tuning in. Yeah, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. For podcast show notes, visit www.ruanliving.com spelled www.ruan is in non-toxic living.com.
To more easily listen to other episodes, please subscribe to the Practical Non-Toxic Living Podcast. And if you'd like to support it, please like it and share it. Until next time.